A few years back, my friend Justin Warner from Food Network moved out to South Dakota. He opened a ramen joint, and he is always posting pictures of all the great food he's not only cooking, but eating all over South Dakota. He's always telling me to come visit. And you know, one of the best ways to experience a new place is to eat your way through it. But it's equally important to live your way through it, too. And when you summer in South Dakota, you can fill up on all the lake days, hikes, rides, and small-town strolls that'll leave you with a regained sense of wonder and a hunger to do it all over again. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at Travel South Dakota. Hey. hey, mom, how's it going? Okay. How's- I talked to my mom recently, and she says lately well. all her friends want to talk about is Cascatelli uh, what's doing with you? and me. It's, uh, it's been a full Dan 24-7 day. Today she sent me a message that she saw that you were one of the 10 best podcasts. And then I got an email from Bobby Vinnick telling me just to be sure that I saw the New York Times podcast listings. And then the party set was really funny. I came home and I said to Dad, I am so tired of talking about Dan. Isn't anybody interested in me? This is The Sporkful. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. Each week on our show, we obsess about food to learn more about people. Today, we're bringing you the next chapter of Mission Impossible, my three-year quest to invent a new pasta shape, actually get it made, and actually sell it. And it occurs to me that we're coming up on the anniversary of the launch of Cascatelli next month, so this is now a four-year quest. If you haven't heard the original series or the updates from last April and November, I really recommend you start there. Later on, I'll give you all the latest updates with Sfolini, Trader Joe's, and other exciting news, but our focus today is on another part of the pasta story, something that's been going on for nearly a year that I haven't told you about yet. So let's get into it. To tell this parallel story about Cascatelli, let's go all the way back to right after it launched. Cascatelli is going viral, and I'm getting dozens of emails and messages on social media like these. After being so invested in the story of how Cascatelli came to be and people loving it, I have to ask, uh, when are we getting some gluten-free Cascatelli? You know, I'm always holding out hope that there will be a gluten-free Cascatelli. It sounds like the perfect pasta, and I was a little envious of those people who could try it. Dan, it sure would be amazing if you could make your Cascatelli gluten-free. That last listener is Elizabeth. She's been gluten-free for 10 years. Her husband, Harvey, isn't gluten-free, but since he's the main cook in the family and Elizabeth is going to eat whatever he makes, he rarely eats gluten. Which is saying something, because Harvey's the one who really loves food. I do the shopping. I do the cooking. I plan the menus. I'll go to multiple stores because I want to get this particular product. And what about you, Elizabeth? I go to Wegmans and I get what I need, you know, we're done. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, got it. Elizabeth might be less passionate about food, but she still misses the days before she was gluten-free, when she and Harvey could pop into a bar for a burger without having to call ahead to find out if they had gluten-free buns. Meanwhile, Harvey does occasionally eat gluten. So when Cascatelli came out, he could have ordered it for himself, but he decided not to. Eating pasta is a shared experience, and I'd like to share that experience, especially your pasta, with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, did you ever try to convince Harvey that he should just go ahead and have the semolina cascatelli? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad. I'm bad. I admit that I didn't like, 
I didn't say, honey, you you go ahead without me. I just I didn't didn't <laughs> did, do did, it. Did that? Did the thought of saying that cross your mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> this call for a gluten free cascatelli. I'm not just hearing it from so many of you. I'm also hearing it from someone I talk to all the time. I'm Emma Morgenstern. I'm the senior producer of The Sporkful, and I'm gluten-free. Emma is really into food. She's an accomplished home cook, and she's the lead producer on Mission Impossible. She came up with the name Cascatelli. And yet, because she has celiac disease, Emma has never tried a single bite of it. In the past, she thought the gluten-free pastas out there were pretty good. That being said, once I started working on the series, it was like this brought a whole new meaning to pasta for me. Um, I was like thinking about it day in and day out. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody is trying it. You're trying it. My husband was trying it. My sister, my parents, like I sent samples to all of them. Right. And I couldn't make my own judgment on it. People are like, is it really that good? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I actually can't tell you. Oh man. But how did that feel? I think it's sort of an extension of the feeling you get when you're gluten-free, which is just like that you're kind of left out of stuff. It's like not the biggest deal in a certain way. Like, I'm fine. I can I have plenty of other food to eat. But at the same time, like, I would really like this thing that's right in front of me and I can't have it. And I will never be able to have it. One of my main goals with this whole project was to create something that pretty much everyone could enjoy. That's a big part of why I chose pasta. It's affordable and basic. So it's April 2021, and I am embarking on my next pasta mission to make a gluten-free cascatelli. Gluten is a protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. Cascatelli and all traditional pasta is made with semolina, a type of wheat. I already know that Sfolini, who makes my original cascatelli, doesn't do gluten-free. They would need dedicated machinery to avoid cross-contamination. So I gotta find another pasta company that's already making gluten-free pasta. I start with some very scientific market research. In other words, I throw a question up on social media. Who makes the best gluten-free pasta? From your responses, I create a short list, which includes brands that use corn, rice, lentils, and chickpeas. At this point, I realize I got to learn more about all these options. There are researchers who study gluten-free pasta who are constantly trying to find ways to make it better. And it turns out a lot of them are in the same place where you find regular pasta. Uh, yes, I'm Alessandra Marti, and I'm an associate professor in cereal science and technology at the University of Milan. Cereal science is not the study of lucky charms. If it were, I can promise you my wife Janie would be a leading scholar in the field. In Professor Marti's case, cereal means grain. She studies different grains, their chemistry, and how to manipulate them to make better gluten-free products. Italy is actually one of the leading places for gluten-free food science research. That could be because so much Italian food contains wheat, and they already know so much about making traditional pasta. Professor Marti says more people there are going gluten-free for the same reasons as people everywhere else. They have celiac disease or a wheat allergy. Maybe they have non-celiac sensitivity to gluten. Or they're just curious to try an alternative. Still, there are some holdouts. So when you told your parents that you're going to study gluten-free pasta, do you ever try to convince them to try the gluten-free? No, no, it was impossible. <laughs> <laughs> to understand why it's so hard to make good gluten-free pasta, you got to understand how gluten works. Gluten is made up of two smaller proteins that you find in wheat flour. When you add water to the flour, those smaller proteins link up to form gluten. 
Then if you exert force on it, like with kneading or extruding it through a press to form a pasta shape, the gluten changes and forms like a microscopic web, a network that gives dough its structure. A viscoelastic network, which is called gluten. Did you say viscoelastic? Yeah, viscoelastic. I love that. That's my new favorite word. I love that word. So so you mean it's sort of viscous and sort of elastic? Exactly, exactly. So it's unique. That's why it's a very uh, difficult or impossible to replace such property, such functionality in gluten-free products. And so what does that mean in terms of eating? The gluten is responsible for the uh, al dente texture of the pasta. So gluten is responsible for tooth sinkability. Exactly. So how do you get that viscoelastic network that gives pasta its tooth sinkability without gluten? Follow me here. In addition to gluten, there's another key component of pasta, starch. Professor Marti explains that starch does its own changing when water and heat get involved. It gelatinizes. So it absorbs water, swells up, gets sticky. That's what makes the inside of fresh bread soft. When water evaporates from starch, that process is called retrogradation. That's what happens when bread goes stale and turns hard. When it comes to making gluten-free pasta, retrogradation can be used to your advantage to replicate some of gluten's viscoelastic properties. What we do is to apply thermal treatment to gelatinize the starch, and after that, during cooling, the starch retrogradates. Oh, that's so interesting. So you heat the starch, which effectively like mimics the cooking process. Exactly. And that causes the starch to gelatinize, and then you allow it to cool and retrogradate, or, and which makes it turn hard, more, makes it more firm. Exactly. And you're able to get it to retrogradate and firm up into a, a, a shape or a structure that is similar but not the same as the gluten structure. Correct. We will not have the same uh, texture, but uh, we will be able to produce uh, a pasta without gluten. Professor Marti says some starches work better for this than others. Rice and corn are good options, but the best are legumes like peas, lentils, and chickpeas because they're high in protein. Remember, gluten is a protein. While the proteins in legumes aren't the same, they are still able to interact, to form some network, and to help improving the quality of the final product. While Professor Marti herself is not gluten-free, she eats plenty of gluten-free pasta for research. She likes the ones made with legumes the best. In the last uh, 10 years, uh, the quality of gluten-free pasta has been improved in uh, a terrific way, I have to say. But uh, we are still far away from the al dente bite, which is typical of semolina pasta. I feel like gluten-free people are going to be sad to hear you say that. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, but uh, the gluten is uh, really unique. Gluten-free cascatelli may never have quite the same tooth sinkability as the semolina version, but I want to get as close as possible. That being said, I don't want to think of this as a replica of the original. It'll be its own thing, which I hope will be extremely delicious in its own way. Looks like it's time to get back into the Pashman family test kitchen. Last time I was testing different pastas, I was interested in their shape. This time I want to find the ingredients that produce the best texture. All right, gluten-free pasta taste test. We have two chickpea pastas and one brown rice. 
pasta, all gluten-free. Becky, what are your thoughts? The two chickpea pastas, one of them has a more chickpea flavor, but I actually like the other one better because when it's in my mouth, it has a better taste, even if it has less of the chickpea flavor. But I still like both of them. And even though it wasn't similar to regular pasta, it's still very good. And, and then what about the brown rice one? It's kind of more hard than what I would like. Even if it doesn't have very good tooth sinkability, it's still kind of like satisfying to bite into it. I'm impressed with all three. Yeah, I mean, I'm eating them plain just with some olive oil. I feel like if you gave me this with like a sauce, I don't think I would, for any of them, I don't know that I would even know that it, it was gluten-free. I don't have to eat gluten-free, so I probably wouldn't choose... Um, a gluten-free rice flour one because I feel like the nutrition facts are pretty much the same. But I actually would, I would totally swap out to eat the chickpea one because uh, it has so much more protein and fiber. And I like it. I, I actually like that little chickpea flavor. I like that extra um, taste that it gives. And it's really good. Overall, my biggest concern was texture. And I feel like I am very satisfied and impressed even with the chickpea pasta texture. I think I might be off of regular pasta now. I don't actually think Janie's ever going to give up regular pasta. She loves it too much. But for gluten-free, we agree that chickpea pasta is the way to go. And my favorite of the ones we try is made by Bonza, which I learn is the biggest exclusively gluten-free pasta brand in the U.S. Their bright orange boxes are in 19,000 stores. Target, Whole Foods, a bunch of others. From there, I'd love to tell you that I prepare a dazzling PowerPoint, smooth talk my way into Bonza headquarters, and wow all the top execs with my pie charts and projections. But in reality, I'm in my pajama pants, hunched over my laptop, and I go to LinkedIn and type Bonza into the search bar. I cold message the first exec who pops up. He writes back right away, like, we heard about Cascatelli, let's talk. Sure is easier to get people to return your calls after you've launched a hit pasta shape. It quickly becomes clear to me that Bonza is an ideal partner, not just on the pasta quality front, but also on the business front. They're just the right size for me. They got about 140 employees, big enough that they have a marketing team to spread the word about Cascatelli and people in the factory to monitor quality. So I won't have to worry about that stuff. But they're small enough that this would be a priority for them. We're always having conversations with retailers about new shapes. This is like so perfectly aligned with what we were hoping to do. This is Brian Rudolph, co-founder and CEO of Bonza. He started the company in 2014 after spending months experimenting with chickpea-based pastas in his kitchen in Detroit. I was just using uh, a bottle of wine to roll out the dough, uh, cutting it with a knife. Brian learned early on when he was selling at farmer's markets that if he started by telling people his pasta was gluten-free, anyone who wasn't gluten-free was like, gross. But when he just called it pasta made with chickpeas, no mention of gluten, he pulled in people who just wanted pasta with more protein and fiber, which is why, to this day, the front of Bonza's boxes call it pasta made from chickpeas. Only on the back does it say gluten-free. How much Bonza do you eat? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot, a lot. Uh, I mean, there was a point where I was eating it every day because we were just constantly iterating on new things, new shapes, right. new dyes. It's a little bit less now, but even if I have to eat it for work, I'll also still eat it for dinner. Right. It's, I, I don't know if I've gotten this point across by love pasta. So. <laughs> After a few more conversations, we have a deal. I'll license Bonza the rights to make the only gluten-free Cascatelli in the U.S. It'll be called Cascatelli by Sporkful, like Sfolini's semolina version. 
These two versions will be the only ones in America with the official Sporkful seal. But this is still just the beginning. Our deal is contingent on Bonza finding stores to commit to carrying the pasta and confirming they can actually make it with their chickpea dough. In July 2021, Bonza makes a big pitch to Whole Foods. Their proposal? An exclusive national launch of Bonza Cascatelli. So at first, it would only be available at Whole Foods and through Bonza's website. Whole Foods says yes. Great news! But there's an issue. They want the pasta in time to go with a big Italian food promotion just seven months away. And right now, Bonza's Cascatelli doesn't exist. The person leading the team in charge of bringing it into existence is Bonza's director of product, Meg Marchuk. I have to tell you, I would listen, obviously, to the podcast when you were going through this with Fellini. I'm like, I feel like we're kindred spirits now because you've experienced the highs and lows of what it means to be a pasta maker. Meg didn't plan to have a career in food. She grew up in Ontario, was a chemistry major at Queen's University there. Right out of school, she got a job in sales and marketing at a consumer packaged goods company. She started meeting people at food companies who developed new products. That work really appealed to her. I would say it's really the balance of like the technical aspects, but also the ambiguity of like having an opinion about what makes a good food product. Like you, you sort of have to have a balanced approach. Like you need to understand what the drivers are to make a good food product from a functionality perspective. So what ingredients can we put in there to get the result we want? But then you also need to have a sensory stance on it saying, hey, I think this is going to be really delicious or this is what I think consumers want. And it's funny, my mom always told me, she was like, you should go into food. It just, it just shows that you should listen to your mother. <laughs> Meg went back to school to get a master's in food science, then moved to New York City to work for Bonza. She's now been at the company for almost four years. Bonza's pasta has four ingredients, chickpeas, pea starch, tapioca, and xanthan gum. As Professor Marti explained, to get something similar to the gluten protein, you want to use other proteins. Chickpeas have protein. And you need to manipulate starch to have some of gluten's properties, hence pea starch and tapioca, which is also a starch. Then xanthan gum, that's in a lot of things. It's a thickening agent that helps hold the dough together. But apart from the ingredients, the process of making Bonza's pasta is pretty much the same as it is for regular pasta. They use the same pasta-making machines. They mix their chickpea flour with water to make dough, push the dough through an extruder, use a dye to make the shape. Remember, the dye is like the mold for the shape. And guess who makes their dyes? None other than our old friend Giovanni Canada, who I worked with to make the first Cascatelli dye for Sfolini. I told you he was the only pasta dye designer in America. Before Meg joined the company, Bonza had already developed a few different pasta shapes. Spaghetti, penne, you know, beginner stuff. No ruffles, no sauce troughs. But in recent years, they've started making more complex shapes like cavatappi. That's a corkscrew tube with ridges on the outside. At first... It was not perfect. It wasn't as, I, I think we, you know, we had some customers right in being like, your cavatappi, you know, it's not that, like the curl's not that tight. And internally, that's something we wanted to fix too. And so in the last uh, couple of years, we said, okay, we're finally going to do this. We want to make a tighter cavatappi. And as you know, with Cascatelli, when you change one thing, it sets off a whole array of other things you have yeah. to change. And so- Don't I know it. Yeah, so that was challenging. And now I have to say, it is my favorite shape of all time because it is just, it's beautiful. It has nice tight curls. It's exactly what we were hoping for. Favorite it's shape hard. of all time so far, Meg. So far, correct, correct, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meg orders a dye from Giovanni and gets to work on Bonza's Cascatelli. 
It's a big unknown. The dye is supposed to be identical to Sfolini's, but it'll be put into a slightly different machine. Then they're working with chickpea dough, which will flow through the dye at a different speed, which affects how the ruffles form and how thick the pasta comes out, which affects how it dries, which affects how it cooks. Coming up, Meg reports back with her first results. And as I've learned, in the pasta business, things are never as easy as you think they'll be. We're kind of in crunch time, so pressure's on. You gotta get it done. Stick around. It's time to open up a can of advertisements. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, a business tripper, or a long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. They've got over 7,000 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels, and you will get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. I especially love those Cambria hotels. They have locally inspired hotel bars with all kinds of specialty cocktails, downtown locations right in the center of all the action. Radisson hotels have flexible workspaces. That way, if you're a business traveler, you'll be able to get all your work done. On-site restaurants, fantastic. And then at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles and great pools for the whole family and spacious rooms. I mean, if you have kids, you understand the importance of the pool. If you stay at a hotel with a pool... Almost nothing else matters. Fortunately, all the Choice Hotels take care of all the other stuff too, but I mean, a pool is a great start. Whatever kind of vacation you're going on, whatever kind of travel you're doing, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome back to The Sporkful. I'm Dan Pashman. I got some exciting updates from other parts of Cascatelli land for you. First off, December was amazing. Cascatelli was named one of the 100 best inventions of 2021 by Time Magazine. Not just food inventions, all inventions. Not only that, a picture of Cascatelli was on the cover. Our Mission Impossible series was also named one of the 10 best podcasts of 2021 by the New York Times. Big shout out to the whole team here for that. And this one's kind of industry insidery, but Scott at Sfolini says it's a big deal. The Specialty Food Association picked pasta as one of its top trends for 2022, and they specifically cited Cascatelli as a driving force. Speaking of Sfolini, their Cascatelli by Sporkful continues to hit shelves in more places around the country, specialty stores, as well as the fresh market. Of course, you can always order direct to your door from Sfolini.com. And remember how they were upgrading their equipment, getting more dryers, and everything was delayed because of supply chain issues? Well, it's still delayed. But they've been told some of it is about to ship. Once it's up and running, their production capacity will increase 25%. Finally, Cascatelli is now in Trader Joe's. Janie picked up some at our local TJ's. Now, it may still be making its way to every last store, especially on the West Coast. So if you don't see it, check back. And since we're talking about making Cascatelli accessible to more people, I should mention this version is kosher. We covered the backstory of this Cascatelli back in November. It's Trader Joe's own version, not quite the same as Folini's original version. So we're excited to hear what you think. Okay, back to Bonza Cascatelli. It's now fall 2021. Meg and her team are starting to develop their version of Cascatelli. Meg is in constant communication with Giovanni, trying to get the dye just right. In late October, they do their first full test run in their factory in California. Over a couple of days, they pump out 10,000 pounds of test chickpea cascatelli. I check in with Meg. I thought it went really well relative to our expectations. I think that the actual shape itself of the noodle came out really well. 
Um, That's like sort of like the the, the, the comma cascading. Yes, type the, curl. the waterfall right. shape came out very well. Okay. Um, so that was good. We hit that immediately. We struggled to get the ruffling right. It was inconsistent, and then it wasn't quite tight enough. And, and when you say not tight enough, you mean sort of like, like so the ruffles were kind of more like a wavy line as opposed to real ruffles. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't like a true ruffle. So we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and think about what we wanted to do next to try to tackle that. And that's where, you know, Giovanni was really helpful. What, what did he recommend? His approach was to change so that the junction point between the ruffle and the body itself was to make that a little bit thinner, which changes the head pressure of the dough that's coming out. And so ultimately that changes how the ruffle comes out and that, that makes it tighter. If this sounds familiar, that's because it is. We had the exact same struggle with the original Cascatelli. If the connection between the ruffle and the body is too thick, the ruffles won't ruffle. Making the connection thinner creates a pinch, like a crimp, which helps form ruffles. But it also increases the chance the ruffles will fall off. Giovanni tells Meg he'll tweak the dye to try to find the sweet spot. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking. 35,000 boxes of Bonza Cascatelli are supposed to be on Whole Foods shelves by February, which means they have to be in Whole Foods warehouses by January, which is now less than three months away. In early November, Giovanni sends the new dye to Bonza's factory. Meg's there to supervise the test, and as soon as things get going, she's feeling good. Everyone's giving me thumbs up, like really excited. I'm excited. I'm like, wow, you guys are making my job super easy. Um, it, it, the dough was flowing through the press like very easily, and the ruffles were looking great, um, nice and tight, consistent. Meg is relieved, but there's one more step. The pasta has to be dried overnight, and it can change a lot when it dries. That's especially true with drying cascatelli because it's so thick. Sure enough, a couple days later, Meg sees what's called delayed checking, white spots on the pasta that are tiny cracks. Basically, it comes out of the dryer. It's put in totes before packing, and while it sits there, it has time to equilibrate with the atmosphere. And what happens is when you go to cook the product, these spots break. When Meg cooks this second version, that's exactly what happens. The ruffles are falling off. Now, with pretty much every ruffled pasta in the world, when you cook it, you lose some ruffles. It's true with Folini's cascatelli. You can't help it, and I don't mind it. I think the torn ruffles add another nice textural component. But you can't have too many ruffles falling off. And right now, Meg estimates we're losing 70% of them. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, so we have some work to do. It's interesting to me hearing the struggle you're having. Yeah. I don't think I appreciated how hard it is to make this shape. Right. The, frankly, like the fact that we got it after only three rounds with Sfolini is, in retrospect, a miracle. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think we, we went into this expecting to do a few rounds. So this isn't like a, a huge shock for us. I think the added layer of complication is we've committed to an in-store launch date with Whole Foods. So we're under a bit of a time crunch. That's exciting though. Yeah. Nothing like a, nothing like a deadline. I mean, easy, easy for me to say. I'm here in my <laughs> basement. I'm just like, you guys keep on rocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Appreciate the support from afar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like the good thing about Cascatelli is once we do this, I feel like we'll be able to do everything. The next week, Meg tweaks a bunch of machine settings and runs a third test. Once it's done, she sends me my first samples. Is it a box game? Yeah. So they packed it really carefully. It's the Bonza. Um, I think it looks like the reject Cascatellis from the original Sfolini batch. Like, the ruffles are very tight, 
But wow, you're right. Like they're really tight ruffles. Yeah. I mean, they look thick enough. It's uh, the main thing I see is the ruffles and the size. They're smaller. <laughs> I I just love yeah, that you're. What's the measurement? I love that you're a pasta expert now. You're like, well, the, the thickness in this area seems just right. Like it's. I cook some up for Becky. There's still too many ruffles falling off, but it's much less than seventy percent. A definite improvement from the last test. All right, Becky. This is top secret, advanced samples. Bonza's cascatelli. Take a taste. Tell me what you think. This is just with olive oil and cheese, grated cheese. Mm. I like it. It tastes like the real cascatelli, but it has a little bit of a different flavor. But obviously, because it's made of like tippy, so obviously, yeah. I mean, it's got all the it's got all the mm. different mouth feels are in there. It's just a matter of getting it to hold together. Not have the ruffles fall off. If they can keep more ruffles on, I think we'll be there. What he said. <laughs> Now, if this were me last year, before the Spolini launch, I'd be an absolute wreck. And I'm not just saying that. You heard me fall apart as we came down the home stretch. This time, I'm more of an outsider looking in on the process, which is intentional. This is why I wanted to license the shape to other companies instead of trying to build my own pasta brand. I don't want to be up at night worrying about how the next run will go. Meg and the other folks at Bonza know more about pasta making than I do anyway. Let them worry. That being said, as our deadline approaches... I do find myself tossing and turning a little more than usual. It's in my nature. And there's good reason to stress. Bonza has one month to make, dry, and pack tens of thousands of boxes of cascatelli and get them to Whole Foods distribution centers. We've reached the do-or-die moment. The next run will not be a test. It'll be the product we launch with. Meg sends the dye back to Giovanni for one final adjustment, plans a few more tweaks to dryer settings. When the pasta starts rolling off the presses, she says it looks great. But as we know, the real test comes a few days later, after it's been dried and any of that cracking or checking could pop up. Meg reports back. Some of it's near perfect. Some of it has more like 20% checking. So breakage has gone from 70% to somewhere between 0 and 20%. A big improvement. We feel good about the product that we're putting into market for launch. It's not perfect. Uh, the perfectionist in me is struggling with that a little bit, but it's a really good product and it's a really good place to start. Well, it's funny, Meg. I was talking about this with my brother-in-law who used to run a company. That, you know, they made like apps and games for your phone and stuff. And they're, they're getting ready to launch a new game. And the mm -hmm. software developer, who is sort of like you in this situation, would be like, but it's not perfect yet. I still have this one line of code that I haven't quite worked out. And he, as the business person, would sometimes be in a position to be like, look, it's really good. We're going to launch it, and then we'll learn and get better over time. And we'll, you know, there'll be version 2.0 eventually, you know. Totally. Um, and this Fellini pasta has gotten better. People might not notice, but I still have some of the original boxes, and they are not as consistent as they are now. They have gotten more consistency since they launched. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, that's definitely encouraging. just five months, Meg and her team have gone from ordering a dye for a shape almost nobody in the world has ever made to having a product ready to hit shelves across the country. They begin shipping to Whole Foods. And they send some of the first boxes to me. The boxes themselves are so cool. They're Bonza's signature bright orange, but the clear window on the front is shaped like a spork. And on the side of the box, in big letters, it says Bonza Times Sporkful. That's 
crazy to me that the Sporkful brand is getting equal billing next to a pasta brand that's in thousands of stores nationwide. I'm really excited, but not just for me. I get on a Zoom with senior producer and senior gluten-free correspondent Emma Morgenstern. The Bonza folks also sent her a few boxes to try. So, I'm Diana here. Yeah, so I was super excited when I got the package. I didn't even know that the Cascatelli was going to be in boxes, so that was really cool with the spork-shaped window. The box looks awesome. Yeah. (laughs) The box looks really, really cool. They just showed it to me. I was like, no edits. This is flawless. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Impressive. And you know from working with me, Emma... (laughs) That's rare. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. You said it. (laughs) Once Emma cooked it up and tried it, the first thing she noticed, of course, was the ruffles and how they felt in her mouth. When I ate it, I was like, this is just so fun. Like, you kept talking about how pasta shapes could be fun, and I think I just, like, didn't really know what you were talking about. And now I understand. I'm so happy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really happy that you had that, that rad reaction because ruffles are just fun. They're a fun thing to chew on. There's yeah. just something sort of whimsical about the way that it feels in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say, yeah, I mean, I, I had it for lunch today. Yeah, so tell me, tell me. But first of all, I cooked it a little less. The early boxes are saying 10 to 14 minutes. I think they may reduce it. I cooked it for nine minutes. Yeah, I think I cooked mine for nine minutes too. Yeah. yeah. So folks out there do that. I stirred it gently. I only lost a couple of ruffles. And what I noticed was... Yes, it's a little different from the semolina pasta, but something something kind of special happened, which is that as it cooled, the pieces stuck to each other just a little bit, and they formed these, like, cascatelli clusters, which you don't get with Ooh. the semolina pasta. Yeah. And so it's like a popcorn ball, but cascatelli. Yes, yes. And and those clusters are extremely tooth-sinkable and have a whole other combination of textures that you can't get with the original. And I found myself you know, fishing through the colander with my hand to try to find clusters to pop into my mouth as I walked by the sink. All right. And so I feel great about it. Of course, I'm very happy that Emma and I like it. But remember all those listeners who wrote in to ask about gluten-free cascatelli who you heard at the start of the show? I want them to try it too. A few weeks before Bonza hits shells, I sent each of them a couple boxes as a surprise. We're opening the box now. All right, honey, you do the honors. <laughs> Cascatelli made from chickpeas. Oh, my gosh. Which means it's gluten-free. Wow, that's amazing. Bonza, I love this brand, Dan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like my heart is actually racing a little bit because that's so exciting. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to try this. I, I look forward to trying it. I really didn't think it was ever going to come when I originally asked for it. So thank you. <laughs> Hearing these reactions is a really great feeling. I hated the idea that anyone would feel left out of the Cascatelli experience. So I'm really glad to be able to share it with more people. A few days later, Elizabeth and Harvey send me a message about what they did with the pasta. I sauteed up some Beyond Beef and some baby portobellas and put that into a sauce, made it nice and chunky, so we were able to maximize the sauceability of the cascatelli. It served up beautifully, couldn't wait to dive in. The tooth sinkability, even Elizabeth commented on that. Oh, I love the texture of the little cascatelli waterfall rapidy things on there was great. 
It's supposed to be four servings per box, but Dan, it was so delicious, we ate the whole box. Had no problem finishing it off. (laughs) No. So, Dan, after listening to all your episodes of Mission Impossible and reading the stories about Cascatelli, being able to share gluten-free Cascatelli with Elizabeth was amazing. And with that, I am pleased to announce that Bonza Cascatelli by Sporkful is available now at your local Whole Foods, where all Bonza pastas, mac and cheese, and rice are 25% off from February 16th to March 1st. Now, it may still be making its way to a few locations, so if it's not at yours, please check back. And if you're anywhere in the continental U.S., you can order a cascatelli made from chickpeas direct from Bonza and get it shipped right to your door. Go to eatbonza.com. To celebrate, I'm going to cook Bonza Cascatelli with Dan Pelosi on Instagram Live. You might know him by his handle, Grossi Pelosi. Dan is famous for his vodka sauce. I know so many of you have already made it with Cascatelli. He's going to teach me how to make it. That's tomorrow night, Wednesday, February 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Instagram Live. Come cook along with us. If you want to see that, plus videos of the making of Bonza's Cascatelli and more, follow me on Instagram at The Sporkful. One very important note, Bonza will be revising the cook time for Cascatelli down to 8 to 11 minutes. So go shorter than it says on the box, stir gently, I think you'll love it. Finally, don't forget, go to Trader Joe's to buy their version of Semolina Cascatelli or get the original Cascatelli from Sfolini in stores and online at Sfolini.com. This show is produced by senior producer and senior gluten-free correspondent Emma Morgenstern. Our producers are Andres O'Hara and Johanna Mayer. Our editor is Tracy Samuelson. Additional editing by Nora Ritchie, Gianna Palmer, and Mary Diduk. Our engineer is Jared O'Connell. Mission Impossible theme by Andrea Christensdorfer. Music help from Black Label Music. Special thanks to all the great folks at Bonza for their help with this episode. The Sporkful is a production of Stitcher. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney and Daisy Rosario. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman. And this is Kelly from Mandan, North Dakota, reminding you to eat more, eat better, and eat more better. <laughs> <laughs>